You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. of gratitude that we have because of what he's done or what he's doing and that gives you confidence that gives you such confidence that you can go through the storm you can go through the dark night you can go through the tough times in your life because you know that knowledge you have of him and his faithfulness he's never failed to do anything that he said he was going to do in his word it's always come true and I love that about It can be all too easy to doubt God and His goodness when you're going through a trial. But, as Pastor Dave teaches today, when you frequently remember His goodness and rehearse His promises and faithfulness, you will be at peace in your situation. So think of all God has done in your life and praise Him for it. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 16 as he begins his message, A Heart of Worship, David's Song. We are going to be in 1 Chronicles 16. Open up your uh, Bibles to 1 Chronicles 16. And we'll begin with a word of prayer. Let's bow our hearts. Gracious Father, as we now come to you, we come with open hearts. We come with open ears, Lord. We want to hear what you want to say to your church. We want to hear what you want to say to us individually. We want to know you better. That's why we're here. That's why we come to Bible study, Lord, that we might know you better, that we might know more of you and know of your attributes and receive from you your blessing and receive from you that love that continues to pour out upon us, Lord. That's why we're here today. Lord, we know that you're here because your word tells us that wherever two or more are gathered, you appear in their midst. So, Lord, we welcome you here, and we thank you, Lord, for being here and and guiding us and leading us by your spirit, Father. So now, Lord, I ask for your blessing upon these words today. I ask, Lord, that I would step aside and allow you to teach tonight, that you would teach by your spirit and touch the hearts of everyone assembled in this place and all those that are watching on Facebook or YouTube, Lord. May you be a blessing to us, Lord, as we read your word, and may your word be a sustenance to us. May it strengthen us in the inner man. May it strengthen us in the spiritual life that we have through Jesus Christ. And may we continue to serve you with joy and gladness, continue to have an attitude of gratitude as we walk through this life, regardless of the circumstances. Let us always be able to have praises on our lips, thanksgiving in our hearts for what you're doing, and most of all, for what you accomplished on the cross. We are so grateful to you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we looked at chapter 16, and we saw in the first six verses that it was a great day of celebration for the children of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant is finally back where it belongs. It is now in the Israelites' possession once again. Remember, for 20-some-odd years, it had been with the Philistines and in and around that area. Then it went to Gibeon for a while. Then it went here, it went there, and it went to the house of Obed-Edom when they tried to bring it back, and, it, and they failed. But now it's back where it belongs. This is a great day. It was resting in the middle of the 
It's capital city, Jerusalem. It was resting in the city of David. And David even built a tent, a tabernacle, specifically for it. This is not the true tabernacle. That was in Gibeon. Still, this is not the true tabernacle. This is a tabernacle, is a tent that David built specifically for the Ark of the Covenant. So let's read verses 1 through 6. So they brought the Ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings, the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph the chief, and next to him Zechariah, then Jael, then Shemeroth, and Jehel, and Mattathai, and Eleb, and Benaniah, and Obed-Edom, Jael with stringed instruments and harps, but Asaph made much music with cymbals. Benaniah and Jehaziel, the priests, regularly blew the trumpets before the Ark of the Covenant of God. So it was a great day. It was a wonderful day, full of celebration. David had offered sacrifices according to the law, burn offerings and peace offerings. David had the Levites and appointed them to minister to for the ark according to the law. It was a beautiful, wonderful, praise God day. He appointed musicians to lead the multitude in praises to their God, to their Lord. And he appointed priests and told them to blow the trumpets. And the trumpet was a shofar. And the shofar is a ram's horn. And it was blown on religious occasions, and it was blown during great victories and during war. They blew it a lot to try to scare people, but they blew the shofar many times. It's still blown today during commemorative times, during feasts and holidays. And now David is so taken back. He's so enamored by what's going on. He's so caught up in the moment. He now gives this beautiful song of praise to Asaph and his brethren in thanksgiving. And he leads the nation in giving thanks to the Lord for all that the Lord has accomplished. Let's look at verse 7. And on that day, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. So he comes in and he gives this psalm that he wrote. He penned it. And when I read this, I read this through several times, and when I read it, I saw David's heart. I saw David's heart. It was a heart of worship. David had a heart of worship, and he is well known for his psalms. In fact, in 2 Samuel 23, in verse 1, it says, The last words of David, thus says David the son of Jesse, says the man raised up on high, the anointed one of God, of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. That was his name. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. So he wrote these beautiful, beautiful psalms. And what is a psalm? It's a song. And there, many of them are supposed to be sung. They're supposed to be sung by the congregation. And if you go through the history, even in the New Testament, you find out that even when Jesus and his disciples left the upper room that day, they sang a psalm. They sang hymns. And they, they, they sang these things, and it was beautiful. It, it, a psalm, it's a psalmos in Greek. It just means song. It's a sacred hymn. You can play it on instruments, or you can sing it 
like the congregation, you know. It's like some of the songs that we sing are really basically they're psalms. You know, they're, they're, they're giving glory to God. But this was a special psalm for a very special occasion. And it's interesting that you can find this psalm in the book of Psalms. You can find this psalm in the book of Psalms. The first movement, verses 8 through 22, is in Psalm 105, verses 1 through 15. The second movement, 23 through 33, is in Psalm 96, 1b to 13a. And the third movement is verses 34 through 36. It consists of a quotation of the opening and closing statements of Psalm 106. I think that's interesting. For some reason, when we studied about this in 2 Samuel, and David brought the ark back, the writer didn't mention this. The writer didn't mention this psalm in 2 Samuel. I think I find that to be interesting. I find that to be quite interesting. Why do you think this guy does it? Well, he talked about it before. He wanted to teach the new generation the spirit of worship. Remember, remember the writer of 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles was teaching a new generation all about Israel? all about their history, telling them who they were, telling them what happened in their lives and how they had this forefathers and the patriarchs and all that kind of things. Remember, we talked about that. So I see that happening here. David now wants to give this psalm to Israel, and the, and the writer here is writing this down saying, listen, you young guys, you Gen Xers or you millennials or you whatever they were coming back from captivity, you need to hear this. You need to understand what it is to worship the Lord with all your heart. You need to understand what it is to worship the Lord with everything you got. But did Jesus tell the woman at the well, God is spirit and you will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's very important. So we have this beautiful, beautiful psalm that is written by David. He gives it to Asaph and his brethren and now it comes to the Lord. Let's look at verses 8 through 13. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his faith evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done. His wonders, his judgments of his mouth. Oh, seed of Israel, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. I love it. David starts off, boy, with a bang, doesn't he? He starts up with a bang. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, you know. And this is repeated so many times in the Psalms. It is the beginning of nine Psalms. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. I love it. What a great way to begin. It's an exhortation to give thanks to the Lord. I can imagine David standing there and calling all who was there, all who were assembled, come join in as we give thanks to the Lord. Come and join in singing as we give thanks to the Lord, as we praise the Lord. Because David could very well have been a praise leader because he played an instrument. He could have been a praise leader. But he's calling out, oh, give thanks to the Lord, to him for his mighty works. His mighty works. I love it. You know, if it's one thing we can do, When you look back on your lives, you have so much to be thankful for. You have so much to be thankful for. When we look at where we were and where we are now, we see how much he has done in our lives and from where he's brought us. 
to this point right now and knowing that he's not finished with us. Knowing that he's going to complete the work. He's going to come to completion the work that he started in us. We look back and see the mighty works of his hands all along. We see how he kept us out of this problem and how he kept us out of that problem. How he healed this disease and that disease. And how when this happened, he was with us. And all the things that he did, we can't help but to give him thanks. We can't help to say praise you, God. And and it's wonderful to walk in a spirit of praise. It's wonderful to walk in an uplifting spirit of praise at all time. I mean, you know the scriptures. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians talks a lot about giving thanks. He says, listen to what he says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He says, well, you have to read 16 through um, 18. He says, rejoice always. That's praising him. He says, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Why? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you to give thanks in all things. Notice he's saying, don't give thanks for all things, although you may come to a point where you do thank him for something in your life. He's saying, give thanks in all things. That attitude of gratitude that we have because of what he's done or what he's doing. And that gives you confidence. That gives you such confidence that you can go through the storm. You can go through the dark night. You can go through the tough times in your life because you know That knowledge you have of him and his faithfulness, he's never failed to do anything that he said he was going to do in his word. It's always come true. And I love that about him. I love that about him. If you're you're going through a period of anxiety, have no fear. You know the scripture we're going to. In Philippians, in 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He's saying if you come before the God with a a spirit of thanksgiving, with, with, with joy in your heart, thanking him and saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for my next breath. I thank you for making my heart beat right now. I, I thank you for all you've done. I thank you for all people that ever came here. And you know, on and on and on. We have so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. David says, give thanks. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known. Sing to him praises and psalms. Talk of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Does that describe the way you walk? Does that describe your life? Does that describe what you do? You can hear the excitement in David's voice. If you can't hear it in his voice, I hope you can hear it in my voice. My goodness. When we read over these verses, we too can be excited and brought into a heart of worship. You know, we used to sing that song. We still sing it. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's not about me. It's about you, Lord. I'm sorry for the things I used to make worship, but I'm coming back to you because it's all about you. That's what worship and thanksgiving is all about, thanking him. Oh, I love that. We have New Testament exhortations too. In Ephesians 5, 19, this is how we exalt the name of the Lord. In Ephesians 5, 19, Paul says um, in verse 18, he says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the things of God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. I love that. 
I love that. Speaking to each other in songs and psalms. We're not in a musical. Our life is not a musical, okay? Where we go up and we start singing a song, you know? But there's, there's, there should be such joy in our heart, you know? And I said this before. You know, there are times in the morning when I wake up and there's a song that I'm singing. There's a song playing in my head it's, and it's a worship song. And then sometimes I even turn on the radio or the TV and that song's playing again. It's like, well, okay, Lord, this is cool. In Colossians 3, 16... In Colossians 3, verse 16, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all the same in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see this pattern that's happening here? Now we're going to go to James. And in James 5, verse 13, is any of you suffering? Let them pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing psalms. Let the heart of those rejoice who seek the Lord, David said. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seize his face. Remember his marvelous works. Remember his wonders and his judgments of his mouth. Do you recall the works of God in your life? Do you recall those now and then and look back and go, wow, and recall the works, the works that you see him doing in our midst? When I see what he's doing in your lives and what I see he's doing in my life and I, I hear of your, of your testimonies and I hear of the things that he's doing, the things of people that haven't even come back yet, I hear what they're doing in their lives. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing when you, when you hear, how can we not give thanks to the Lord? How can we keep it silent? And I think that's what David's saying here. How can we keep silent? He said, I want to seek him and I want to seek his strength. David writes in another psalm, the Lord is my strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I seek him with a rejoicing heart. I seek him continually. And you know one of my favorite verses. I quote it constantly in Hebrews eleven six. If you're seeking the Lord, it says, the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you're seeking him with all your heart, being thankful in all things, there's a reward at the end. I don't know what it is, but you'll probably hear from him. And then David reminds them who they are. He reminds them who they are in verse 13. O seed of Israel, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. You know, and ever since we've seen the chosen, I love that word chosen ones because it has for me a new meaning. It has a new meaning here. He chose Israel. He chose the nation Israel. You know the story. People say, well, why did he? Because he's God. And he can. But he also chose us. He also chose us. Jesus, speaking to the disciples, says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I love that verse. And Paul, writing to the Ephesians in chapter 1, verses three and four. And he said, blessed be God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. He chose us before the foundations of the world. I love that scripture. I just love it. So here David begins this rip roaring Psalm with these wonderful words. He's we could dwell on this for the next millennium. I mean, we could dwell on these words of David where they're so beautiful and so glorious. They're just incredible. But we won't. We'll move on. So, <laughs> 
And we get to 14 and 19, 14 through 19. Here David wants the children of Israel to remember the Lord's covenant with Israel. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. Remember his covenant forever. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as an allotment to your inheritance, for you are few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it. David wants the children of Israel to know that God has made a covenant with them. A covenant is a sacred pact. It's an oath. It's a pact. The two parties pledged to do something. God made a covenant with Abraham, but the neat thing about it was Abraham didn't do anything. He told Abraham to get all these animals and cut them in half and put them on the side here and to light all this incense and stuff. And Abraham went into a deep sleep and God carried Abraham through the covenant. They were supposed to walk through together as a sign of the covenant. What does that tell you? God's going to keep the covenant. God will keep his covenant because it's his covenant. He made a covenant with Abraham regarding the land and a nation and a messianic blessing. He made a covenant with Israel as a nation regarding the law and sacrifice. He made a covenant with David regarding a specific lineage of the Messiah. And thanks be to God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, he has made a covenant with you and me by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's made an everlasting covenant with you and me. We celebrate that every single first Sunday of the month when we read the words, this is the blood of the New covenant. This is the blood of the new covenant. The old covenant didn't work. Why is there a new? Because the old one didn't work. So there's a new covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the new covenant that we have. Thanks be to God for that covenant. It's an everlasting covenant. Everlasting covenant. Because another has not taken its place. In verses 20 and 22, David reminds the people of God's great protection. God, we are defended. He is our defender. He is our strong tower where we can run into it and we have shelter. He is our protector. Look what it says. When they went out from one nation to another and from one kingdom to another, he permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do not harm my prophets. God is a protector. He is our protectorate. He takes care of us. If God be for us, who can be against us? What a beautiful scripture. God took the Israelites out of Egypt and from under the hand of Pharaoh, and he protected them all along the way. He put a fire at night to keep them warm. He put a cloud over their heads during the desert so they wouldn't be, wouldn't be scorched by the sun. And everywhere the cloud moved, they would move also. You read the scriptures, their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. He gave them manna from heaven. And when they squawked about manna from heaven, he gave them quail. He gave them meat in abundance. God protected his children. God will always protect his children. You are assured. In 1 Chronicles 28, we see David commissioning his son, Solomon, to build the house of the Lord. God had chosen Solomon for this work. In verse 20, David said to Solomon, Be strong and courageous and do it, and do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. 
He will not leave or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Anytime we begin a work for the Lord, the enemy is looking to make us afraid or dismayed and discouraged. David knew Solomon would face obstacles, but he encouraged him with the truth that God is with him. And when you face obstacles, fear, and discouragement, God is with you too. We're so glad you decided to join us today. You've been listening to Pastor Dave on A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave is working through the book of First Chronicles, a book that is rich with stories of faith and courage. This is a series you won't want to miss. If you'd like to hear today's message again, or if you missed it and want to go back to it, head over to AssureHopeRadio.com. Once again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. You'll find today's message and many others to encourage you along the way. If you find yourself in Cape May, New Jersey, stop in and see us. All the information you need is on our website. We'd love to meet you and spend more time learning together. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We loved spending time with you. See you next time for more on A Sure Hope.